Good morning. It's so good to see you all once again. And you know, today is June 30th. You know what that is? Tomorrow is July 1st. <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, we're at like the halfway point of this year, don't you think? You know, it's like t- tomorrow, it's going to be like the turnaround point, And we're going to run through this race of 2019. And how has it been? Isn't it crazy? It's halfway through. And how was your story with God so far this year? I hope it's been great. But I, we hope that we, it only gets better from here. And that is my hope today. And, uh, you know, speaking of a wonderful story, yesterday was a wonderful wedding. And, uh, you know, if you were there, you witnessed it. But it was a beautiful wedding of uh, this couple who who really never really see the saw the value of getting married until they met Jesus Christ in their lives and uh, so you know it was a quite a journey with them and um, and you know it took a long way from that proposal that they did at my parents house and it was this surprise surprise speaking of surprise he's in here but anyways um, <laughs> congratulations to Raphael and Maricela and, uh, you know, it was a wonderful, wonderful um, uh, wedding. But the, the proposal was really cool that, you know, I hope I, ha- I have a video, but I don't want to show because it's a little bit too embarrassing. So anyways, <laughs> um, but I, I want to show you something in regards to proposal. Have you seen like on like some clear sky, blue sky, you've seen like words come up on the clouds, you know, something like this. Do you have a picture for that? I, I, you didn't get it? Okay, well, you know, just imagine this. Um, there's this picture of a cloud, and it says, would you marry me? And, you know, have you seen a proposal done in the sky? Okay, so, no, I'm sorry. I, that was the Japanese service. I had the picture. My fault. That wasn't your fault. It's my fault. But anyways, you know, there's this picture. So you can, you've seen it before, right? You know how much those things cost? I, I don't know exactly, but, um, no, I don't know, like, if... There's different versions, but the one that I just looked up, it cost you $4,000 just to say a proposal in the sky, will you marry me? But there was this guy, I had a picture of this, it's kind of funny, because he had this whole proposal on the sky only to get rejected. So that was kind of, a, <laughs> but um, yeah, because, you know, he, anyways, I, I, I'm, sh- I'm glad yesterday went well and everything went well. And But, you know, have you ever wondered, speaking of those words in the sky, you know, this called sky typers and stuff. Have you ever wondered, like, w- would God just answer me like that? You know, have you ever wondered, like, it would be so easy for me to understand your will, God. If you just write it on the sky or what, the world will see your will. If you just write it on the, on the sky, I mean, you're God. Come on. I actually wonder that. Like, can, can God just show me? that or show the world that you're a savior and you know do something like that because i i've wondered about that it'd be so easy because there would be no confusion just give me a direct sign oh god and you know i know what to do and it'll make it so much easier right i mean so today's story from the bible in luke we're in this chapter 11 there are people that was they were they were demanding a sign they wanted to see a sign because they wanted to know are you jesus are you really the savior because if you are just tell me or just show me something miraculous so that i could believe in you you know so they were seeking a sign and that's kind of where we're going to begin today because do you have you ever sought a sign from god and what does jesus say about those signs and we're going to see what happens. And the most importantly, we want to look at what Jesus said to them who are seeking for sign. Maybe us, because we are in need of that. Because it'll be much easier if you see it. 
Um, but we're going to look into that concept. So let's dive in um, to chapter 11 of Luke. And we are in this series. We've been looking from first chapter 1 and then all the way. We're going to finish it to the end. But we're right now in chapter 11. And you, just to give you a context, right now Jesus taught his disciples, he, he did all the miracles in the Galilee region. That's the northern part of Israel where Jesus had all his ministry there, basically. He, he proclaimed the kingdom of God, and now he's training the disciples, and, and he's empowering them. And now we're going into the climax of this story where he's going down to Jerusalem. Where is Jerusalem? It's south of Galilee, and that's where a temple was. And that's where Jesus is becoming a sacrifice for God. And for the sins of humanity, he is walking on this journey to death. And just imagine that right there, because that is very important. He is going down there to die. And day by day, his anxiousness is piling up. He's, he, he really doesn't want to die, but he has to because he knows that it's God's will. So he's been struggling with, with, with just this anxiousness about his end. And then on the way to Jerusalem, he is empowering people he's teaching people he is casting out demons and he's healing people just um just the beautiful life of jesus where even though he's dying he's helping others not to die and many were amazed and they drew closer and closer so so once again he's on his journey to jerusalem but he is in this place and because of his healing and casting out of demons people were really gathering around him that's where we're going to pick up in verse 27 as jesus was saying these things a woman in the crowd called out blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you verse 28 says he replied blessed rather are those who hear the word of god and obey it so interesting, right? So these people wondered, man, you're so awesome. You're doing great. So I'm sure your mama's great. And, and you, she taught you well. And she is so blessed to have you as a child. And that was, that was where the crowd's mind were going. And it's very worldly, right? Because Jesus replies and says, you know, remember this part where Jesus says, those who obey and, and live out the word of God is my family. This family, the, the blood relative or the family, you know, their family, but my real family is those who see God's words and do it. And he says the same thing here, basically, because he says, you know, blessed isn't my family. Blessed are the ones who do the word of God and they hear it and do it. Unfortunately, there are people who were doubting Jesus. Even those people, there are even remarks that he is a, the, the king of or the chief demon. You know, Jesus, you're a demon. And, and you see all that in chapter 11. We're not going to get into all the details of that. But there's a lot of people doubting him. And there are a lot of people testing his credibility, his sonship or his authority. And to that, Jesus 29, as the crowds increased, Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. So we find Jesus going and teaching about the Ninevites. We also know about he uh, talks about Solomon. We're going to get into that a little bit, but... The sign that people were demanding Jesus, they were the signs that, with the attitude that says, okay, show me something. It's a demand to God. It says, if you show me something, I'll believe. If this, then that. And who's in charge? I mean, they are in charge, right? Because if they see something great or wonderful that I will believe, that's worth believing, then I'll believe. 
It's, there's no submission to this, this plan of God or anything like that. And at that kind of attitude, you'll never understand Jesus for who He really is. And He said, that's wicked. That type of attitude is wicked. So to that, there will be no sign given except for Himself. So basically, there's this two attitude. Show me a miracle and I'll believe. But we already know that that's not a healthy attitude. Healthy attitude is, is this. Believe. Then miracles take place. Miracles happen to those who believe. And there's this, um, it sounds similar, but it is quite different. Because the attitude is different. And which one are you? And you have to real hard question, hard ask for yourself. Are you believing because of the miracle or is miracles happening because you're believing? That is a different, totally different lifestyle. But you know, our, our, our carnal or our, our, our flesh says, I want to see something more tangible. Like the writing in the sky, right? Like It would be so easy if I could see something so tangible. It would be so easy to believe. But think about it. That's not really believing. That's not really faith because faith is believing in something that you can't see and he says that attitude is not blessed rather what is blessed and we already read that in verse 28 the one who hears the word and obey it not not the one not the one who hears the word and then calculate the profit and the loss and then see how much i need to do and then believe or, or obey it's, it's not like okay you hear the word and you analyze every single outcome and then, okay, if you, if you agree, you go. That's not what the Bible is saying. It says, do you believe? We sang a song called, He is good, He is good. Do you believe that He is good? We looked at that last week. God does not give you junk. God does not give you a mistake. God does not give you scorpion or snake. He gives you what we ask for, and He knows what is better and the best for us. He cannot give you anything that will harm you. And do you trust that He is good? Do you trust in that God? And will you, this is the hard part, surrender to that? Will you be okay with what He gives you? Or will you doubt? Will you complain? Will you say, no, there's a better way? You know, Jesus then talked about Solomon, which I, I really enjoy this part. You know, He talks about Solomon and how the, the, the queen of the south come, came to Solomon, who Solomon was the wisest man that ever walked, or person that ever walked on earth and then the king the queen knew that solomon would have answers she was seeker of god she was saying i i want to know what god's will is in my life i want to see what god says and she traveled all the way to solomon to get that answer and you you know that you know it's an old testament story but jesus is saying that you know that's great attitude that she had but here i am i'm greater than solomon He's saying that he may be the wisest man on earth or person on earth. But he, Jesus is saying, well, I am wisdom. I am God's wisdom. I am God's words. I'm greater than Solomon. So he's seeking for those who would seek him as their true authority in our lives. And then he talks about how the Ninevites repented because of Jonah's message. Why do you think the Ninevites repented to Jonah's message? was that there was this incredible draw to his story. And you know what that is? If you know the Old Testament story, Jonah, everybody thought he was once dead. He's that story of being eaten by this fish. Everybody thought he was dead, but he came back to life or 
that's what they all sought, right? So that his message had a real draw, and they were like, oh, if he says that, we must repent. Once dead, but alive. You see that theme in Jesus' life as well. Well, actually, he is the resurrection and life. And he says, because therefore, I am greater than Jonah. And my story, my words, it should put you into repentance. It would lead you into repentance because He is the resurrection and life. Do you need more sign than myself? Yesterday we sang this song. It was a theme of the whole wedding yesterday. It was Christ is enough. Is Christ enough for you? Is He all the sign that you'll ever need? to believe the fact that he died for you the fact that he resurrected for you maybe you were not able to there be there but you met jesus in your life and is that enough for you and that is a question that is in front of us today because he is the resurrection life and when we know that it is it leads us to repentance he is the ultimate wisdom of god and his words have power and do we repent and come and walk with him and that is an invitation that jesus gave that day but that is an invitation that is open to all of us today here in 21st century and which is so incredible it is a timeless message and jesus says i know that you want a sign i know you want to see something tangible i know that'll make it easier to believe but i am the sign that you've been waiting for and do you really see jesus in his word and will you hear that word and obey that word will you respond to his words let us not be wicked generation by rejecting his words let us not be the wicked generation jesus says i can't give you any more than myself don't let jesus say that to you can we all declare says christ you are enough for me and that may be our declaration not just yesterday but this day forward and today's passage from there offers us this image of this person who hears the word and obeys. It's an incredible little story that Jesus give, gave in verse 34 to 39. Let me read this. Um, and you can see it up on the screen as well. It says, verse 34, Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will, just, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. In order for us to understand this imagery correctly, we need to know what a lamp back then looked like. And I've shown this picture before, but I actually went to Israel and they gave me one. It's a miniature version of their lamp. And can you see that? So it's a little um, vessel and it has a place for the wick to go in. And, it's, and then there's a hole and inside there's an oil that goes in. So this, obviously, you might be uh, even familiar with these type. I don't know if camping, you do this or not. But, you know, this is their version of lamp. So it's very different from ours where we just flip a switch or these days you could flip a switch on your app, but it is an old school lamp. And Jesus is saying that this is you and the, the light lamp becomes, or I, your eye is the lamp. And he talks about this healthy and unhealthy. And what is healthy that gives you light is that you hear the word and obey the word. Obey it, to do it, to put it into action. 
Don't doubt it, but do something. And that is when we become full of light. That's what's healthy, Jesus says. But what is unhealthy are those who hear the word, and then for whatever reason, whether it's they don't agree, they don't like it, they overanalyze it, I don't know, for whatever reason, the unhealthy attitude is they reject, or they are, even if the word is given, they're still seeking for a sign, even though they don't need it. That is an unhealthiness that Jesus is addressing, that is warning us, because that leads us to darkness. And he, he, he says in verse 35, make sure, see to it, that the light within is not darkness. Make sure that you are listening and obeying His word. That's how we make our lives healthy. How do we make sure we do that? How do we make sure we get to obey, or listen and obey? Well, the answer is what goes inside. Is how do we light this? Is that we need to have an oil. And oil represents the Holy Spirit. So, we, as a vessel, we tend to put a lot of junk inside. Or whether it's, and it, we used to think that wasn't junk. Whether it's knowledge, whether it's wealth, whether it's some self-motivation, whatever it is, we fill ourselves with a fuel. But Jesus is advising us to say, you surrender that. You let that go, and may you be filled with the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit last week. But through that, when we surrender and let Jesus fill our hearts and the Holy Spirit fill our hearts, that's through that our life becomes the lamp that shines. And I hope that is all of us, that we could shine. And Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 13 says something very, very similar to what we are just reading. It says, let's read this together, shall we? For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. He has a good purpose for you, church. Amen? That's weak. Amen? Come on, you have a good purpose. And He wants to do that in you. So He wants to come inside of you and He wants to fill you up with His will. Is that cool? Isn't that cool or what? And then He says His will comes in so that He will to help you to act in accordance to His good purpose. So first, we got to know that this purpose is good. And now we got to let that go. Let whatever that is stuck in you to be completely hollow so that He could come in and the, His Holy Spirit fills you up. And, the, and then, when that happens, we become healthy again. No matter what comes our way, no matter what situation in life, whether it's bankruptcy or ill health, it doesn't matter because it is the Holy Spirit that is alive in you. And God is at work within us to lead you to good purpose. Will you trust that and surrender whatever that is inside so that He may fill you? And I want to close in a word, or I'm sorry, the story of a man named George Dennehy. I don't know if you know his name, but he is an armless Romanian orphan. I mean, that's a mouthful, right? I mean... That's a lot going on in that description. So when he was born, he was abandoned by his biological parents. And George, just so, I mean, just imagine that, right? I mean, you were born with severe disability or, or just, just this un- inability to, to do what babies are supposed to do. I mean, I, I look at my son and he's just like, he's moving around and he's almost like he's rapping or something. I mean, he's like doing this and, I mean, and he's grabbing and it's just he's enjoying his mobility. But I can't imagine how that is taken away or it wasn't there from the beginning. But for George, that was his life, right? And then his, his, he was abandoned. 
I mean, just imagine how hard would that be? And he, he lived this little, as a child, he lived this such a, a, a hurt life. But then this couple, American couple li- that lives in Connecticut, found him and, and adopted him. So through an international adoption. So he grew up with a bunch of siblings. And this, this family adopts different child from all over the world. He, ha- he has an Indian brother who, who's from India that also has no arm and he has a, another brother that has no arm and no leg and th- this this couple moved by God's love adopts these kids and then they, they learn music and he started playing cello at five and you wonder how and I don't even know but that's how he was taught music and he began to pick up his musical abilities and but as he got older of course He ran into this wall of questioning God's existence. His existence is, why shall I live? And then he's like, if there is a God, then why would he not give me an arm? I don't get it. And he began to doubt God's will for his life. And then there's a time where he's like, I'm done with this. I've completely lost hope in you, God. But what sustained him was the love of his parents. Kept loving, kept supporting him. And eventually, that led him to this conclusion. This is his words. He says, I believe God made me this way on purpose, he said. I believe God does everything for a reason and that he wants me to inspire others and to reach their own purpose and to know that God can make good out of any situation. And it's a powerful, powerful message that comes from this, this man, George. And that is exactly what he's doing right now. He's going all over the world. He's, he's playing with his guitar and on his, on his feet, sharing this message that even though he was abandoned, God never abandoned him. There was a family that adopted him, and he, he, he loves. And this is a song that he's playing called um, Adoption. This is a, called Not Abandoned, and this Not is abandoned. a song it's that I wrote. For adoption, uh, I was I was adopted, so I wrote this song out of you know experience and just love for what adoption is. And this is just in time for Orphan Sunday and uh, and uh, Orphan Month. Yeah. 
he he performed with Goo Goo Dolls, and he he's he's uh, you know he's playing all over. And his message is that they we no matter how much we feel like we are lost or we feel abandoned or we feel not worthy, he he says God loves us, and that, that his life is for a good purpose. For him to say that. I mean, we have to learn from that, that he says this life is made for a good purpose. That's how he got up and continued to writing songs for Jesus and sharing the love of God. And, you know, this, it was such an incredible story that I just happened to run into. But then this, I found out later that he even met, because he, he became a YouTube, you know, person, uh, the, the biological parents from Romania found him. And reached out to him, and he went and saw him, and, and they reconciled. You know, I mean, just imagine how powerful that moment was that says, I forgive you for abandoning me. And there was this beautiful hug and kiss. And um, and I, I saw that story, and I thought of this passage that we just read, Luke eleven thirty three It says, no one lamp, light, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden. Or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. You know, God says He won't show us a sign. Maybe perhaps this we demand God to show us something that's so tangible. Maybe God won't give us a writing on the sky, even though it will be so much easier. But instead, Jesus says, I myself is the sign. Will you believe in me? Will you put your faith in me? Even though you may not see, will you trust in me? And to this world that is still seeking for that hope and seeking for evidence of God, and they are in need of hope of Jesus because they are in complete darkness, He wants to use you. He wants to use each of you that you will release and surrender whatever that's in you so that you will be lit. You will be with the light of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is inside and you will be that evidence of God and the hope of Jesus that people need. Will you surrender and live that life like George? And also George's parent who adopted him. I mean, just so filled with the love of God. And that starts with us by hearing the word and obeying it. And that's how we let the light shine through you so that we could be hope of this world. You were not abandoned and you know that. And you know Jesus Christ. So now it is our turn to share the hope of Christ into this world. Amen, church? All right, so let's look at the weekly challenge. Here we are. Please get your phone out and take a picture. We'll send you an email uh, on Tuesday as well. But, you know, if you could take a picture, you'll be with you the whole time. Please read Luke 11, 14 through 36. And that is the whole story. And that's what is God teaching you through that story? Because there's more that I were not, was not able to cover. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you could ask each other. Maybe you could talk to one of us. But just keep digging deeper. And then grow. Read Philippians 2, 12 through 18. This is a great passage that teaches us what kind of attitude do we need to follow Jesus. So think about that. And then finally, overflow. Think of ways that you could be obedient to God's teaching. You know what is teaching, but you may be a little stubborn. But now, what does it mean to be obedient? Trust that His teaching is for a good purpose, so that please surrender to Him 
Be open to however God leads you into action this week. I'm excited. If you took that seriously, what may happen through your life, in your family, in our community, be excited that when we could all overflow together. So let's pray. God, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the way Jesus lived so that we understand this, this analogy of the lamp and how he is inviting us to keep health in our lives. And in order for us to do that, we need to listen to you. We need to listen to the word and just as like a little child, just, just clinging on to a mother. May we have that type of posture before the word of God and when we just receive and believe. Help us not to, to put our critical or analytical hat on and to, to, to calculate everything. But may we just simply trust in you that however you're going to lead us, however you're going to take us, that would be the best life that I could ever live. So whatever that is in the way for us to do so, whatever that is stopping us from surrendering to you, help us just to release and for you to fill us up. And not just fill us up, but to overflow and to be the light that this world might be in need. It is your light that will shine and we just release and may that happen in our lives starting today and this week and on and on. We thank you that we get to do that as a church family. We praise your name in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Toby. As we conclude this time, let's just sing this. I know it's a very familiar worship song. Very simple. Just how great is our God. Let's all stand together. Rejoice, oh the earth rejoice, he rejoice.